0: ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to TLP, episode number
1: fifty-six. Hell yeah!
0: I'm here with Ben Fry. Thanks for joining me, oh, buddy. yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks Hell for having yeah. me. That's right, yeah.
0: And um, we're on. You have one of those
1: radio voices. Thank you. Yeah, you do. Because I'm sure people have told you that before. It's like, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of
0: how this started. We uh, mm-hmm. we did a little radio thing from from my house. Mm-hmm. We broadcast a pirate FM signal. Oh, yeah. And uh, and didn't get caught, thankfully, mm-hmm. which yeah. was a good time.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I decided I really enjoyed it, so I uh, kept doing it. Yeah. And uh, and so here we are. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great. You asked me. <laughs> I wish I had pressed buttons just before that when, <laughs> when you said it. Do, do I have any questions? Do you have any set
1: questions? Do you have any list? No. Do li- you, you have a list of what we're going to talk about? No. No. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> this, we're just we're just playing this by ear. It's a pirate we're just, broadcast. We're just. We're just uh, winging it, and it's just going to go out there into the ether like, you know, some unplanned thing. Okay. Yep. <laughs>
0: that's, that's exactly how we do this. Exactly how we do this. Yeah. I, uh, I was standing on stage uh, the other day commenting mm-hmm. on how strange it is that I am so comfortable with the awkwardness now. Oh, yeah. i always looked yeah. up to johnny carson mm-hmm. because people said how incredible it was so i went and watched and his able, yeah. his ability to do that yeah i'm learning that one yeah it's fun
1: yeah it is i mean because you have to have a certain amount uh, comedy is awkwardness it's mm-hmm. you know it, it is you're playing on that and uh, um i was i don't watch too many comedians because i don't want too much material in my head that in mine because you know, after a while, you know, you'll write something down. And you go, "That's cr- wait, did I did I think of that or did I hear that?" You know, <laughs> and so uh, so then you have to take it around everybody. It's like, "Have you heard this before?"
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, so uh, so I don't. But uh, I wound up on Netflix the other day watching uh, uh, Eliza. I think her name's Eliza Schlesinger. Yeah, her new yeah. one. I yeah. haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I've heard about it. Yeah, and um, what'd you think? Yeah, she's very funny. And uh, I, I mentioned to, uh, you know, our friend Lindsay Reen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, uh, she's, she's funny and she's also really hot, which is, you know, mm-hmm. n- an unusual combination. And she said, well, that's sexist. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. You, no I'm not saying, it's not because she's a woman and she's hot and funny. It's that everyone who is good looking has a problem expressing funny it's it's just Hmm. I, I think you have to have a certain amount of awkward weirdness to be able to be funny and so it's harder for somebody who is really like what we think of as classically handsome or or beautiful to be funny because then you're like you know you know. <laughs> what do you know about the struggle? Right. because because people who are people who've been looking are taken seriously, and that's the last thing a comedian wants to be. Is yeah. <laughs> taken seriously.
0: It's true. It's true. Um, and the yeah, people just go along with what pretty people say. It's bullshit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so so you have to have that little kind of like uh, you know Woody Allen without the you know, sexual predator thing. Uh, Good luck. Right? You have to have that kind of like, you know, uh, uh, Andy Kaufman, Woody Allen kind of looking, you know, weird, kind of a little bit something that's not quite completely okay. (laughs) If you you get, because, you know, people go, well, you know, Seinfeld isn't ugly. He's not ugly. Well, no, he's not ugly. But, yeah, you know, he's not going to be cast as James Bond either. Mm-hmm. He has a face. He has this. He has a, a face that that looks comical. It has a. It projects a kind of a uh, like a cartoony kind of vibe. Yeah, I was thinking know? the way he holds yeah. his mouth. Yeah. Uh,
0: he's got that that mm-hmm. look of just mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so that's yeah. That was uh, that it, was my thing. You, you have to have a certain awkwardness, a certain um thing about you that people can find relatable, yeah, you because know? there's a lot of times also very modely looking people it's hard to relate to them mm-hmm. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. yeah, you're perfect, okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: <laughs> but uh but yeah, so that was that and uh, you mm-hmm. were talking
0: just mm-hmm. on the relatability yeah. mm-hmm. i wanted to double back mm-hmm. to something yeah. that you were talking about before i got to turn this on mm-hmm. um, something that i didn't know we we shared in common mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah that's the there's my there's my air conditioner it's actually meant to be some i think in some kind of like industrial building or something yeah <laughs> it's uh, it sounds like it's it going to be it's good. You're gonna hear that on on this, I think. You know, so yeah. we
0: upgraded to lapel mics,
1: oh. okay. so we're okay. doing we're okay. doing better. We
0: we will right. hear less of it. Oh,
1: that's good. Okay. Than we
0: used to. All right, but I'm sorry. Good. Relatability <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, was the perfect segue to something that, that I didn't realize we had in common. Sherlock Holmes. You brought yeah, that up yeah. beforehand. Mm-hmm. I too am a huge Sherlock fan. So yeah. as soon as you said it, I was like mm-hmm. furiously plugging things in. Yeah. <laughs> so we could talk about yeah, it because yeah. that's a great jumping off point. Because oh, yeah.
1: I'm a huge fan of Holmes. I started like when I was like maybe a teenager reading the you know the the short stories that were published in the Strand back in the 18 18- <laughs> and uh, and uh, and you know the the novels, the uh, Study in Scarlet, you know, and uh, and and then watching like the Basil Rathbone movies. Yeah. And uh, for the longest time, Basil Rathbone was like, "Wow, well, that guy's Sherlock Holmes. That's." that's who you think of mm-hmm. when, when you see Sherlock Holmes no
0: yeah. refresh my memory mm-hmm. I think I remember mm-hmm. that but f- yeah f- paint a picture yeah. for those listening yeah that may not have seen the basil Rathbone
1: Oh yeah versions the, of they Sherlock. were uh, the, I think I can't remember what production company made them so I'm not gonna say um, but uh, it was back in the 30s mm-hmm. like like they were made in um, between like probably the middle 30s to the middle 40s. Um, so you yeah, know they, they they did the Hound of the Baskervilles and mm-hmm. study in Scarlet, yeah, you know, uh, and and Basil I think Rathbone of it as like uh, the Alfred Hitchcock era. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just uh, what my mind Hitchcock sees. went a little further into like the fifties and sixties too, but uh, but no, I mean Basil Rathbone had the look, you know, um, when. Arthur Conan Doyle described Sherlock Holmes, he described it as a tall, gaunt man, big nose, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. And, uh, and he just embodied Sherlock Holmes for, for that era, I think. Um, and then uh, the BBC and Grenada Television in the 80s came out with uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, and what they did. Was they took like each of the individual stories from like the Strand, like um, the Redheaded League, and you know uh, things like that, and they they made them into into episodes, and um, into one-hour episodes, and they did it with such uh, perfection. I mean, the, every little detail. I mean, you could stop that uh, those shows. And uh, I, I don't know if you saw the the illustrations that Sidney Paget did. Um, I, in, I think uh, so. In the old books. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's like they recreated those things. And uh, the, the the actor's name was Jeremy Brett, who portrayed Sherlock Holmes, and he was um, he was just magnificent. I mean, he was just like the, the whole thing was like looking. It what you saw in your head when you read the books, yeah, and um, and so those were those were great. An interesting thing, the uh, the old Basil Rathbone movies. Um, a lot of people like, and I I, I like it too. The the Sherlock um, uh, series that Benedict Cumberbatch was in that updated Sherlock Holmes into present day. Well, mm-hmm. they they predated that. They did that when. Uh, they brought Holmes into present day later on uh, when they were in the Basil Rathbone movies. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and uh, because, and the reason they did it, was it was the 40s, and World War II was going on. Mm. And they thought it would be interesting and kind of a, a way of plugging the war effort, sort of, at the time, to have Sherlock Holmes battling the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. battling Nazi spies yeah. and stuff. So that Superman was going to yeah. battle Nazis. Oh, so yeah. what Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> George. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so they, they did that, and it's like, well, you know, they, they were the first ones that modernized Holmes. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, I do like the Jeremy Brett modernization of, of Sherlock Holmes. Um, it was my son that actually told me about it. He said, have you seen Sherlock? And I was like, I don't know. You know Sherlock Holmes is the 1800s. He's the, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know about making him modern. you know." And, uh, and I watched it, and the way they did it was so, I think, just reverent to the material that they took it from mm-hmm. at, that it was that it worked. It, it wasn't, uh, it, you know, he, yeah, he wasn't yeah, running around in, in, uh, you know, affliction T-shirts and stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> driving a Ferrari or something, and hey, I'm sure I can you know, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and it was just, I, was, I thought it was just great the way they did it, and you know, so. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Bond fan too, sure. huge James Bond fan. Uh, well, I'm gonna use uh-huh. the segue. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna use the Sherlock as yeah. the segue mm-hmm. into yeah. uh, into comedy because mm-hmm. that particular version. Because we
1: all know what a cut up. Sherlock
0: Cumberbatch, is so yeah, no, not at, all, <laughs> not at <laughs> all. But I I use the I use Cumberbatch's version of Sherlock mm-hmm. to segue into. Via a high functioning sociopath oh. into mental illnesses. Right. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. But that gets us to comedy cheaply. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, uh, and yeah. that's where
0: we met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was doing stand up comedy right. at The Blind Mule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when yeah. you are not doing uh, Elton John. Yes. Yeah. Which? What's the name
1: of that group again? The name is uh, Still Standing, a tribute to Elton John. We're on Facebook. Uh, so plug, yeah, right all that, plug all that real quick. Yes, yes. Bio, so yeah. uh, to back up a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit
0: of a backstory, yeah. mm-hmm. and some of the things that you do besides yeah. mm-hmm. you know, indulge in Sherlock. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're performing, mm-hmm. which you've been doing for how long? Have you been paying tribute to Sir oh, Elton?
1: Oh, that was started in the early 2000s.
0: And the name, yeah. one more time for everybody, it's, where can they uh, find the, it the on name Facebook? Of
1: the, yeah, the name of the band is Still Standing, a tribute to Elton John, and uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, so look us up. Um, We've been doing see, that for do almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Um, and uh, before that, I've always sounded like Elton, mm-hmm. and uh, singing, not necessarily speaking. <laughs> but uh, uh, I always I was always able to, I've always been... The, the, a uh a mimic yeah, yeah I, I, I can do different voices and uh but Elton was somebody I was a huge fan in the seventies when I was a kid, and uh, I started singing other records and the more I sang to them, the more i the more I could mimic the the vocal pattern mm-hmm. that he had so yeah and then it just then it kind of aged. And, uh, and now I just sound, I pretty much sound like he does now. And so... Uh, it worked uh, out well. And for a while, I would go to like, I'd go out in some place, we'd go somewhere that's doing karaoke or something. It'd be like a, a parlor trick. It was like, oh, look who I can sound like. Right. You know? and, uh, and then somebody came up to me one day, and they said, you know, you kind of look like him a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, that's sad. And uh, (laughs) uh, couldn't look like Sting, couldn't look like Bono, you know, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Had to look like Elton John. So, uh, uh, but they said, yeah, yeah, you know, if if you did your hair a little different, if you had, like, you know, we're doing uh, two shows this weekend, so all this shit on my face will be gone. And uh, which, for those of us, who are not watching this? Who those who are listening? I, I have shit on my face. I have that. It's a fetish. But anyway, yeah, uh, I got a know. Cold, so I didn't. I not to say anything. But uh, but anywho, uh, the, the, the facial hair will all be gone. yeah. So because uh, Elton doesn't have it. But uh, they said, yeah, if you did your hair a little different and everything, you could you could pass for you know a younger kind of Elton, skinnier Elton, and. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, we kind of, like, th- I was married at the time, and my wife and I just kind of threw around this idea for a little while. And I can play the piano. I can play it passively. I'm not uh, on a level that, that Elton is, but I can fake it, yeah. you know. And, um, and she said, well, why don't, you know, uh, why don't you look into to doing a tribute band? Because there's a lot of tribute bands. And, uh, and I don't know anybody that does an Elton tribute, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, I got in touch with some other musician friends, and uh, we you know wound up putting so first, I started doing it by myself, just me and keyboard yeah and uh, in small venues and stuff like that and then um, I got some people behind me, and we started doing larger venues and um, uh, that's you know it 's pretty much been the way it's and when going. you say larger
0: so, venues, you guys put on big shows now
1: yeah I mean we um are Uh, We do the the Blues on the Bay Music Festival in Pensacola every year. It's a big deal. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. We did the Hard Rock a couple weeks ago in uh, Galaxy. Cool Uh, show, uh, man. How was that? It was good. This is our third time at the Hard Rock. Nice. And uh, and I I like it. It's a uh, it's a I I like the Hard Rock's cafe Uh area because you actually get an audience. You actually those people that they come in, they sit at tables, they they're an audience yeah. uh, because one of the drawbacks to playing generally at, at casinos is they put you on the stage that's usually over a bar. And so your whole audience is generally just whoever is sitting at the bar.
2: Yeah.
1: And the rest of them are out playing the games yeah. in, because you're in the gaming room. And so you wind up basically being like a human version of the animatronic band at Chuck E. Cheese because <laughs> you, know, you know people are just like they're not paying you, you, you play a song and you hit that that last note and they're like and nothing comes back you know yeah. it's just it's you hear that <laughs> <laughs> wheel of fortune you know that you know and, and that's all you hear that's
0: exactly what you're hearing <laughs> this, you know though yeah it's like that was a really good impression <laughs> well
1: thank you and they, uh, and then you'll be on a break, and somebody will come up and they go, "Hey, you, you sound great. You sound great. Well, well where the fuck are you? Because right. I mean, <laughs> you're not, I don't. you know, Well, yeah, we were over there at the uh, the the roulette table. Oh, oh okay. Oh, we're, we're actually right. coming yeah. out of the speakers. Right. Yes. And, uh, but you know, uh, the casinos pay really well. Yes. So you yes do. They them. do. <laughs> and, yes, they uh, do. Yes, they do. But yeah, the. Uh, uh, but I actually—I mean, my background before the Elton thing was comedy. I started doing comedy before I did anything else. Mm-hmm. Look at you uh, being an
0: awesome yeah. host and bringing uh, us oh, back around so. <laughs> since I ran right past that. Thank you so much. That's All right, that was—I didn't plan that, but I just have to. Uh, you well, fucking rock, dude. Good job. So you started doing comedy before in you went in, into
1: the music? Yeah, 1990 was when I first started doing comedy. Wow. Uh, and I had uh, about the time Empire Strikes Strikes Back was uh, was
0: hitting high the, def VHS, oh, yeah, right,
1: yeah.
0: if I recall. <laughs> right. since you've got an Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Oh, hey,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you have uh, Rick and Morty.
0: Yeah. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, There's uh, no okay, Rick and Morty I, reference for the '90s. No, it's not.
1: But uh, <laughs> but it's one of the most well-written <laughs> shows on TV, I think. It's, Fuck yes, it really is. Um, Love it to death. But the. Um, yeah, uh, But yeah, 19, I, I had just gotten divorced and um, I was. Uh, I got up one day and I said, You know, I don't have to, I don't really necessarily have to go to this job anymore because I was, I was work. I was selling clothes. And um, I said, I don't, I don't really have to go to this job anymore. I don't really have to live where I'm living anymore. I don't really have to, I mean, what do I want to do? Right. You know? And, uh, and I had thought about doing stand-up before, mm-hmm. um, and uh, at the time, being newly divorced, I had no money. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, uh, uh, comedy has no overhead. You don't have to buy equipment, you don't have to buy instruments, you don't have to buy, mm-hmm. uh, my, you, you, go, you walk in, they hand you a microphone that they bought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you just do it. So uh, I was like, yeah, I might. Yeah, so uh, I called. Uh, there was a place in Mobile at the time called the Mobile Comedy Lounge. It was on Highway 90. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember. Next to Whataburger and Food World. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great location for nothing. It was really, <laughs> I mean, truly. Young. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so. Um,
0: there was a Mexican restaurant out there, yeah. not too far. I can't remember the name of it, but they had El, some El, of the best. El Hierro.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so. So I got
0: cred mobile. Right. What? Yes,
1: that's right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I call him up and I was like, "What all does this entail?" Well, you you know, you get five minutes, uh, write a five minute bit, come do it, that's it, you know. So um, uh, I did. I uh, got a friend of mine uh, who is also a, a pretty good with you know putting funny stuff together. And uh, he and I whittled what I thought was five minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's something nobody tells you when you, you go, okay, oh yeah, this is definitely five minutes. And then <laughs> you get up there and it's two. It's two minutes. And you know, like, well, that's, that's all I wrote. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yep. and so, uh, um, but I did, I went out and I went up and the first time was okay. You know, if it hadn't have been, I'd have never done it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, I've seen guys, and I admire this. I've seen guys that go up and just just die. I mean, just die a horrible death, and they come back the next week. Right. You know. Yeah. And and I've seen I've been that. that guy. Yeah. And I've seen that not get any better. <laughs> and I've seen I've seen it where they actually slowly build on that. Yeah. Until they are good. And I would have never done that.
0: <laughs> never. So if you had,
1: never. if you hadn't been okay, yeah, you would have
0: thrown the head in. Yeah, you right are like,
1: no, 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 apparently I can't do this. So. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I did that, and uh, well, I guess uh, about six months later, so I, I uh, became their house MC or one of their rotating house MCs. Nice. And uh, and then later on, I went on the road, and I was on the road for two years. Uh, and that was my sole source of income, wow. for, for a little while. Wow! Um, and uh, back in the '90s, when mm-hmm. you could make money being a comic, yeah, yeah, you could go and they paid you, and <laughs> and, uh, and you forget. went to real comedy clubs, like yeah. like they had, they were they had comedy in the name <clears throat> of the place, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? like yeah. like Ha Ha's and the Laugh Factory and the you know the. Um, there was, uh, and you couldn't swing a dead cat in the 90s without hitting a comedy club. Really? Every town practically had a comedy club.
0: Sure. Uh, sure.
1: There was uh, a place that's actually a very good room to play for, for a long time in Dothan. There was a comedy club. Nice. Yeah. and uh, Of all places. I know. I arrived there and I was like, so what is there to do in Dothan? And they said this, <laughs> and, you're, and you're the entertainment. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's it. Ta-da. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, uh, I opened for people. I, I opened for Killer Bees probably about a half dozen times. I've opened for Carrot Top, Steve Harvey. Nice. Uh, Very funny Bobcat Um The Bobcat. Yeah. That was, that was funny. That was, um. Those are all funny people. Well, that's, yeah. A, that, that's he, an impressive yeah, list. Yeah. He, um, he was here, uh, about the time I almost, about the time, around the time Comedy started winding down, and uh, uh, and I started going in a different direction. But um, uh, did you open a, for him at the Sanger when he was here? No, I opened for him at um, the uh, a, a comedy club called Estrad mm. that was uh, downtown uh, behind a Spot of Tea. The guy that owned a Spot of Tea. Well, that's not good. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna. Say, We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. Turn the ringer off. (laughs) Uh,
0: But, uh. Yeah, in that case, I'll do the same thing because somebody did that the other day.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the guy that owned a spot of tea, his, he used to come to the, his name's Tony. Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, he used to come to the Mobile Comedy Lounge all the time. And, uh, he would, uh, I, you know, I didn't know that he was really an entrepreneur or anything. I just, he was one of the audience members that was a regular. And he used to come up and he'd go, uh, you know, one day I'm going to have a comedy club. And I was like, eh, whatever, loser. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then he did. And <laughs> Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it didn't, unfortunately, it didn't last very long, but uh, but he had, he pulled some big names uh you know uh, he he pulled uh, uh bob cat uh, uh he uh tommy chong came a few times killer bees was here uh, with it and uh um i am trying to think of the name of this guy who's so steve landisberg i don't know if you've ever heard of him he used to, no. be, on, he used to be on barney miller that was his big claim oh. to fame the tv show um and uh, but he was also uh around as a comedian for a very long time. He 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 was on the Ed Sullivan show. He was on Johnny Carson. He was on uh he was I think he was a member of the Ace Trucking Company back in the you know sixties and, you know, so he was I mean he was a very seasoned comic. Yeah. Um but anyway I digress. Uh Bobcat. Um Bobcat did uh did uh his shows and on the last last night, um, I was, uh, I was, I was married to my second wife at the time <laughs> and we're all about to leave. And he's like, so what are you going what, what are you guys going to do? And we said, well, we thought we'd go out and sing. And he goes, karaoke. And I was like, yeah. He goes, uh, I like karaoke. Let's go do that. <laughs> and so we take him to this place on 90 called the executive club. And, uh, and he, uh, uh, he didn't sing. He, he, he said, no, I'm, I'm just here to watch. I'm just <laughs> here to watch. And, uh, and he just sat in the back of the, we just sat in the back <clears throat> of the room with him and people didn't recognize him really because yeah. he was not, he, everybody thinks of Bobcat Goldthwait, they think of the guy that was in, you know, the police academy. Movie. Yeah. He was kind of chubby, long hair, you know, and he had gotten skinny. He had he cut off all the hair. He he'd had it bleached at the time. So he was kind of incognito but he said, "I love, I love kitschy, cheesy, shit. I love it. Yeah, you know. And uh, and so that's why he wanted to go watch karaoke
0: and but, hear the uh, sing-alongs.
1: Yeah. But there was a uh, there was a lady um, that uh, that was there, and uh, uh, she was a a very large woman." very buxom, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, she had big hair. And uh, this was not the 90s, you understand? This, was, <laughs> she, <laughs> this, she says, this is all very anachronistic at this yeah. point. And I was <laughs> like, you know, she had the big hair and she was big and she had very colorful outfit on. And, uh, and Bob leans over and he goes, I, I don't want to be a dick or anything but is she wearing some kind of costume <laughs> and I was like no that's that's just the way she looks and he goes I'm a dick <laughs> <laughs> not at all yeah right. not at all he's uh his he does not his voice is not like that's that's mm-hmm. like how he speaks normally about yeah what I did just now he, yeah yeah he does this this thing all the time like, everybody expects that Bob is going to be like this all the time. No, no. <laughs> in fact, I don't know how he does, like, 45 minutes of stand-up in that voice.
0: I don't think he does anymore.
1: I, I hope not. Now I, I think I, he's I, dropped it all together. I mean, I, I, I that's hard. The, the, what I did just now, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same with Gilbert Gottfried. I don't know how Gilbert Gottfried does what he has. His, I guess, you know, people's voices are what they are, but. And uh, when you're imitating, you're doing something unnatural to you. <clears throat> yeah. But. Uh, but. Uh, I, I don't know how Gilbert Gottfried does this voice the entire time. It's got to be annoying even to him. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> I, uh, I think that one's a little more natural. <laughs> yeah. Than uh, yeah. than Bob's. Yeah. Than Bob's because oh. I listen mm-hmm. occasionally mm-hmm. to Gilbert's podcast. Oh yeah. Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and he does not sound like that. Not like he did when yeah. he was on stage right. and when he was MC and stuff yeah. at all. So mm-hmm. there's definitely part of that that's put yeah. on. Gilbert yeah, is for sure.
1: Gilbert is is like that. I've heard people say he's a comedian's comedian. Because, I think so Yeah Yeah. I mean Because he'll He will Do He'll structure his jokes In such a way That they're like an homage Sometime to old jokes Yeah And it's it's and You have to be You have to know it To get it Yeah You know <laughs> Well and his
0: podcast Is yeah. all mm-hmm. Older actors mm-hmm. Like What I would call The classic days Of Hollywood mm-hmm. You know going Going further back And so mm-hmm. He's very into paying homage yeah. to all things classic Hollywood, I oh, yeah. think, and and I'll classic have to, I'll entertainment. Have
1: to listen to that. I haven't. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, I know it's on yeah. SoundCloud. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, but Gilbert Godfrey, It's pretty easy to search, and he's just one of those guys that has been around. You just want to hear him tell stories. like yeah. Just dish, man. Mm-hmm. Just dish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's a good dude. But uh, you see, uh, getting back to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right,
0: right, right. Sorry, sorry, not to, to yeah. we, we digress. Yeah, no, no. Sucking but, some uh, godfrey dick over here. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a yeah. There came a point after after I was on the road for a while uh, when clubs just started and the buck comedy bubble burst. Yeah. And I can tell you exactly when the comedy bubble burst because it started the comedy bubble started in like the the middle 80s i would say and, and, it, and it started to grow and grow and comedy clubs just you know popped up everywhere and and uh there were comedians you know people that shouldn't have been comedians uh <laughs> even you know because it was they you know they needed people and uh, uh, i know i've
0: heard marshall talk about it
1: oh yeah yeah right kidding love you marshall <laughs> But yeah, and well, yeah, cause Marshall predated me by about 10 years. Uh, we missed each other just like, you know, I think we mm-hmm. overlapped slightly. Uh, I never met the guy until I started going to the Mobile, sorry, going to uh, The Blind Mule. And, uh, but he uh, was at the Mobile Comedy Lounge before I was. Really? Yeah. And uh, uh, so anyway, um, but I can tell you exactly when the, the comedy bubble burst, and clubs everywhere started going out of business. It was the it was the day that I said, you know what? I think I'll quit my job and be a comedian. <laughs> they all got the memo right, and yes. said, no,
0: we're gonna we tank this whole industry just to fuck with Ben. <laughs> yeah.
1: At that at that moment, at that moment, somebody walked into a a, a bar in some place like you know Raleigh, North Carolina that that did comedy. And with a karaoke machine, and said, oh. and said "I, you, we can do this, and you don't have to pay anybody but me." <laughs> and, oh, uh, wow! And, yeah, and so uh, that's that. Did, yeah. yeah, the so um, I it started to be where I was having to drive further and further and further to get gigs, mm-hmm. and um, uh, some gigs were fine, you know, some gigs uh this is like 1990 something you know and uh so you're getting paid like maybe uh 150 a show to middle
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you
1: know and and a lot of times if you went to a comedy club you were there for the whole weekend and it'd be like one show on friday one show on thursday two shows on friday two shows on saturday so and that's 150 each show so that's not bad. Right. You know. Um, if you were uh, emceeing, you got fifty. Mm-hmm. You know. So sometimes I was driving like six hours to make fifty dollars, you know. Uh wow. yeah. And uh but you know, you did it because you loved it. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh but yeah, it just it just got to be too much wear on the yeah, my car finally gave out, you know. Yeah. And uh um, it just, I was, I had to take a regular job and, uh... Oh God, that's <laughs> yes. the third layer of hell. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I read yeah. Dante's Inferno <laughs> corporate America, yeah, yeah, yes, like yes, yes. corporations. That's uh, to say corporate America, yeah. corporations. I've
1: been pretty lucky in, the that. I have been pretty lucky in that though, because, <clears> uh, uh, when I took my regular job, I was, uh, I was sitting in the food court of the mall. Remember that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and as far uh, pizza. Uh, the guy, this guy uh, that ran, uh, at the time, they ran Barney's Coffee and Tea, uh, which is what I frequented. I used to, when I wasn't doing comedy, which was like, you were off, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> so um, I'd hang out, you know, and uh, I'm, I was always a big coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so I was hanging out there a lot and, um, Rob's doing his schedule and he says, Hey, uh, do you, you, would you like to work like maybe one or two days a week? You know, when you're not out, you know, he said, because, uh, I'm kind of short-handed right now. And I was like, sure. He said, you're here so much. All I got to show you is the cash register. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's how that started. And that was... 1993, nice, I, yeah, something like that. And uh, I uh, now work for Starbucks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, yeah, that's corporate. <laughs> that's that's very corporate, but it's a it's a good kind of corporate.
0: One of the better ones. Yeah, One uh, better I uh, ones.
1: I I have a lot of respect for for Starbucks and the way that they approach um, the co- uh, company employee relationships mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think uh, uh, they understand that if the people that work for you like you, and and feel like they're appreciated and feel like they're you know, taken care of, they'll work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many companies are either don't care or don't know that, and I don't know which one it is necessarily, but- I'm gonna go with don't Yeah, don't care. Don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My experience is yeah. don't, they don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't know why because I mean, um, well, it's
0: a, it's a thing where if yeah. you pay the people that work for you enough mm-hmm, money to mm-hmm. to keep living, yeah, and pay their bills, uh-huh. then you can't afford a second yacht, yeah, and
1: fuck that yeah. shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and yeah, That's we, how it looks from over right. here? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's just that you know, like you go into Walmart and you think, what could this place what would this company be like? <clears throat> what what kind of atmosphere would I be walking into if they actually like treated their employees the way that Starbucks treats theirs. You know? What, well there's what a difference of, between you know, employees yeah.
0: and uh what's what's the word I'm looking for uh slaves, slaves yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah
1: and uh in fact, you know, I'm not being very Starbuckian in the fact that I'm saying employees we we, we are uh called partners uh yep. because we all own some stock in the company, which know? is good, yeah so uh but uh but yeah, I just wonder, you know what kind of what, how you know uh, on, on what kind of modern, futuristic level Walmart would be on now. <laughs> you know, instead of just being, because when Walmart first opened, you know, people were like, hey, I'm going to go to Walmart. You want to mm-hmm. go? Yeah, Can I go? Yeah, I need some stuff. And, you, and now it's like, oh, God, I got to go to Walmart. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I don't know should I just go ahead and have another bowl of mayonnaise and just put it off till tomorrow? You know? <laughs> I, I just don't feel like dealing with going to Walmart. <laughs> yeah. And it's become yeah. that. And it <laughs> has, it has. Why do you think
0: it's become that way? Like, why is?
1: I think that that's a, a major part of it. I, I think that they, they don't uh, really care that much about your experience as a customer and they don't really care about much about their employees' experience as employees. They just know that you're going to go there because you have to.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, at mm-hmm. some point, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you might you might divert here or there. You know, it's like, oh God, I'm not going to go. I, I'll go spend a little more, but there's some but. But eventually, there's going to be something that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sooner <laughs> or know? later,
0: at two a.m. Yeah, you know, yeah. When there's no other option,
1: and they got you, you know, and and bastards, and then there's some people that I think just don't, for whatever reason, because you can you can watch these people all day on social media and see what goes into Walmart, you know, (laughs) you know, that just like man, Walmart's great, (laughs) and (laughs) you know, yeah, I'm gonna go to Walmart, you know, and (laughs) and hang out. That's that's that's. When you know you really have issues, is uh, hey, i go, go to Walmart and hang out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ride the the trolleys that you know <laughs> have the <laughs> oh have the people movers the people movers yeah yeah you know <laughs> the people movers, <laughs> uh,
0: heck yeah the mm-hmm. the you can't call them crippled mopeds anymore no that's, uh, that's well a, not we can. <laughs> not politically
1: correct it's it's not it's uh um we can talk about that for a minute the uh <laughs> what mopeds <laughs> n- well yeah no um and political correctness and comedy because uh um it's um you know jerry seinfeld said he, he won't do uh
0: colleges, colleges anymore because
1: yeah. they're so sensitive about mm-hmm. um and and you know when you think about it, I don't know what Jerry Seinfeld would say that would offend you that much. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean he doesn't even he doesn't even curse.
0: Ooh, yeah, I know.
1: I I watched him do 90 minutes one night at the Sanger recently. Mm-hmm. And and didn't you know, didn't say a curse word. So I don't know what he would be saying
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. that would
1: piss somebody off that badly. There will I piss. think one of the things, if
0: I were Jerry, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard him talk about it yet, but Go if ahead. I were Seinfeld and some university asked me to come mm-hmm. and then they said, but we don't want you to do... I'd stop right there and be like, uh, did you it's fucking Jerry Seinfeld? I right, think that's yeah. me. Yeah, right. And you are not Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> right. And who's telling who to do what? Yeah, yeah right, yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yes, Like, yes. I'd, I'd uh, quit right then and there. Yeah. But I get mm-hmm. walking into, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this safe space. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, Who wants to walk into a fight with one arm behind yeah, your back? Right. Comedy can't
1: be a safe space. No, it's
0: not. No, 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 no. Truth. It's got to be truth. If it's not the truth, it's not funny.
1: uh, Steve Martin said. Steve Martin said comedy is not pretty, and it's not. Yeah. It's it's. You know, (laughs) it can be ugly, and it can be uh, in your face, and Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed to. It's tragic too. It can it's be. The other I side of yeah. comedy. Yeah, right? I've been through some tragedy doing comedy, but uh, <laughs> it's the reason but, uh, <laughs> pretty people aren't funny. Like yeah. we're where we right. started. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you don't, if you don't have that, even it's a clean for joke, to be even funny, a you know what yeah, I mean? even a clean joke has to has to kind of slap you in the face with something. Innuendo. Otherwise, with otherwise, something. it's not it's not going to give you that reaction. hmm you, know? um, you know, you know, you. You can't be safe and be that funny.
0: Right. Uh, um, that comedy club closed. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody tried to do a clean comedy club, Boston, New mm-hmm. York, somewhere like that. You
1: can do Didn't it. Didn't make it. You can do it. And I think it depends on the comedian. Because like I said, Seinfeld... Yeah, but that's he, not he a whole club. Yeah, right, yeah. That's he, right.
0: one person's act. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It It's individual to the comedian. Yeah. If... Yeah. If... Uh, if that's the way you speak normally, mm-hmm. then people buy it. Right. Because it's real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you There's just don't honesty. curse a lot, if you're just not, you know, and and if you don't curse a lot and you do it, you, you amp it up in order to be funny, people can tell. Mm-hmm. People get that, mm, Does your mother know you're talking like that? No, because no. you don't look like the kind of guy that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my friend Melvin has said that before. He's He's that way yeah he, he's he's just like yeah it doesn't feel natural coming from me i say what's what feels natural to me yeah. and that's yeah but that's it um so uh so yeah i mean and it's harder to write clean
0: much harder it's much you know, harder but it's a uh, very valuable
1: skill it I is think. yeah uh everyone should should try it
0: because <laughs> it is so hard because it is. it is so hard
1: it is and if you write clean and and you get in a sit, in a club situation, this rowdy, and they want a kind of like you know down and dirty comedian. You can add that. Yeah. You can add it to it. It's in. harder to take it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, you know I like I love Eddie Azard. I don't know
0: if you. I love yet. Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love uh, Eddie. Eddie like he's my best buddy. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. a and, Great and, comedian. Uh, he is. Dress to Kill mm-hmm. was one of
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of my favorite specials for a couple of reasons because it was one of my entrees into oh this is as much performance as it is writing a punchline yeah. like there's mm-hmm. he was the first storyteller that caught me off guard mm-hmm. just because that's that's kind of his thing is yeah. to be so cliché and yet so stereotypical at the yeah, same time yeah, and he does it so well th- and it was my first time seeing something yeah, like that yeah. and it was like,
1: the thing that i like bah, about, bah. about eddie is that because he is a trans oh well he's he doesn't say transvestite he's, he's uh executive trans right he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he does say he does use the term transsexual now but uh, but at the in the old rest to kill he use the term transvestite, yeah, yeah. and uh, and like I said, executive transvestite. <laughs> and uh, but the thing that I liked about him was that because he has, oh, that's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's not just a gag. I mean that's that's him. Yeah. Uh, he could have easily been a one-topic comic
2: mm-hmm. where
1: it's like it's all about him cross-dressing, mm-hmm. and uh, and that uh, I just I don't necessarily care a lot for comedians that are one-topic comedians mm-hmm. um uh and i'm trying to think of louie anderson is like to me it's like yeah. it's like after about 30 or 40 minutes you're going okay i get it you're fat okay can, can you move on to another subject <laughs> you know you make a different <laughs> yeah, noise right. yes. uh, yeah yeah and uh, and Eddie he comes out and he does have to he has to address it he's in a he's in women's clothes you know <laughs> yeah. you know um, it comes so up. he so he comes out and he addresses the the topic of being uh, transsexual mm-hmm. and then he moves on and he moves on to to all kinds of different stuff he's like a one man Monty Python you know uh, he, and he does all these weird little off the wall you know if you try to take something he's a joke he's done out of context, out of the context of his act. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It's point. like, how true, did he? So how did true. he get there? Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, um, yeah, because I think yeah. about
0: specifically his mm-hmm. Hitler stuff.
1: Yeah. And uh-huh. even
0: remembering, it, it's like, how did he get into that? Cause yeah. Even right now, I can barely remember. My daughter this, saw. This is a good him. observation.
1: My daughter saw him in Dallas, uh, and uh, she tried to tell me. A joke from his act, and she said, "Okay, you have to understand. He's talking about God made the world, is making the world, but he's being interrupted in making the world by a badger. And it's like,
0: where did that setup right, come from?
1: He, <laughs> if you saw his, if you saw the whole show, it would have flowed right into that. Sure, and it would have been, you would have been right there with him. But just taking that out of a, a badger is talking to God while he's trying to create the world, and, uh, and the badger is saying, "Could you hurry, please? I'm hungry." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple more days to go. I, I've got, you know, I'm not finished yet." He's like, "What, what, what do you want?" And He's like, I, "I don't know. I'm just hungry." He's like, "Well, okay. Here's, here's some broccoli. There you go." <laughs> okay, there you go. He's like, "I don't like broccoli." <laughs> like, well, what? Well, what, hell, what, what, what do you want? He's like. A nice creme brulee, that would be good. And uh and he goes, All right, all right, creme brulee, there you go. Now leave me alone, I got work to do. And that but I'm sorry, it it's not scorched on top. <laughs> you know, it's really not creme brulee unless it's scorched on top. And he goes, Oh. Well apparently I see badges can be choosers. <laughs> and the whole audience she said the whole audience went, Oh <laughs> and he and he goes he goes, I'm sorry, did Dallas, Texas just boo something God said? <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful.
0: So, so smart. Yeah.
1: Um, the, uh, I, I, know I got to meet him uh, shortly in Atlanta several years ago. When he was uh, signing uh, autographs at Tower Records, that's how long ago it was. Tower Records. Tower Records, yeah. And uh, age us both. Thanks, yeah, ben. right. <laughs> and so, uh, so he was there, and uh, we stood in line for like uh, about an hour to and to get to where he was. And one of the reasons was was he talked to everybody. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just, you know, like, what's your name? There you go. Thank you very much. Move along. You know, he was like, hey, how you doing? What, you know, what's, uh, you know, he would talk to you for a while. And uh, that's actually how I, like, I say his name, Eddie Izzard. Because I asked him. I was was like, as we were talking, I said, so how, okay, is it Izzard or Izzard? And he goes, it's neither. Say baseball. Baseball. So now say, is all." Is it, is, oh, okay. You yeah, you don't put any emphasis on either syllable. Mm. But at the end of the day, and he's, he's signing, he says, at the end of the day, if you're paying me, you can call me any fucking thing you want. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truth in advertising. Right. <laughs> Truth in advertising. Yeah. But, uh, oh, my point was with, with Eddie is that um, he's... Uh, when, when you listen to his act, you know he, he has a lot of you know the, ah fuck all fuck fucking you know he, he says because he's British and they love the word fuck mm-hmm. yeah that yeah and uh, but if you listen to his material, it's not it's, it's not dirty, it's not it's not blue material. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it, if you take all the the fucking l and stuff like that out of it, it's it's clean so i, I think that, that was my point if you can write like that and then you can add mm-hmm. you know what you need to to it or if you know that's just again it's eddie that's the way he speaks he's yes. he's, he's a brit and and brits love their their sure. fuck. yeah <laughs> they,
0: they love fuck. <laughs> that makes sense though that that's yeah. that personality that mm-hmm. part of his personality comes through in his filler like yeah. those are his verbal mm-hmm. attends, basically. That's right. it yeah.
1: uh, mm-hmm. But he does very true, little, to, true uh, to form. Uh, mm-hmm. He does very little sexual or sexualized material. Uh, uh, Carrot Top <laughs> used to say uh, used to tell the audience, he said, I don't I don't I don't have a lot of like you know, sexy jokes. He's like because I I, if I stood up here and I was saying, like, yeah, I was fucking this girl the other night, you'd be looking at me like, no, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: And then he became a meathead. Like, he got real big into the gym and...
1: Yeah, what? I knew him, he was a little skinny guy. Uh, Yeah, I uh, think he
0: got tired of being a little skinny guy and then went the other way. In
1: board shorts and, you know, and... uh, Right, with (laughs) a (laughs) suitcase full of dildos and whatnot. Yeah, right. And... uh, um, but we used to, when he would come to Mobile to do the Mobile Comedy Lounge, uh, we would hang out at the mall the show, cause he loved hanging out at malls, uh, he said, every every town, he, and I got into this habit, too, when every town I went into to do a show, I would wind up checking out their mall.
0: Just to see.
1: Yeah. Was
0: it an <laughs> and, accurate representation of places? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes? Yeah. yeah, sometimes? Right? yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, And there's some great malls, I mean, like, Orlando has, like, you know, some some fantastic malls
0: right? yeah. yeah well there's what yeah. the mall of america did you yeah. ever make it no, that like no. the biggest one in the country yeah, or some no. shit
1: that's somewhere up in uh midwest yeah i'm trying to think is it is it uh, it's not north dakota but it's somewhere Wisconsin, in that it, maybe? Yeah, it's somewhere Montana. in an area where you don't want to be outside very much right, <laughs> right. hence the whole mall yeah yeah, yeah. Or Edmonton Mall in in Canada is the same way. It's like because it's Canada, it's fucking freezing outside. You know? <laughs> yeah, the biggest mall in the world. Yeah, because nobody wants to be outside. They, they cover. <laughs> you know? they, right. they basically yeah. just
0: covered a whole town.
1: Right. So, yeah. So
0: they could share the heating bill.
1: Right. So. Um,
0: our front to climate change.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same so way he he and I, uh, you know, we we'd hang out at the mall, um, and uh, this was when he was. Like really, first starting out, and he had been on a few things like Caroline's Comedy Hour on A&E and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he hadn't really hit the Tonight Show yet, or or anything like that. So every once in a while, somebody would come up and go, "Oh, you're that guy. You're that comedian." I "You know," but you know, mostly, you know, you're just walking around, and and he looks like he looks all the time, <laughs> 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 you know, and so. Uh, they had a dip and dots place in the mall at the time. And uh, this was Because mo- yeah. the mid 90s. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, this chick is, uh, I'm sorry, this young lady. Uh, <laughs> it was the mid 90s, you can call her a chick. Yeah. We established yeah, right. that. <laughs> yeah. She's eating uh, a dip and dots thing. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, Carrot Top, whose name is Scott. It, it, Scott goes up to her and he's like he's like hey where'd you get that and she just does one, she does this she's like ah. and it, for those just listening she snubbed him basically she just <laughs> she just went eh, and just turned around and starts to walk off and he goes ah. and he's like hey I'm not hitting on you I'm I just want to know where you got your ice cream from you fucking bitch <laughs> you <know? laughs> and because uh, and, she's not she didn't even turn she just kept right on walking wow like you know
0: and there is and, uh, the tragedy you know. on the other side of comedy right. it's ugly and it's nasty because right. to be that funny yeah oh yeah. don't snub somebody that that's that's funny, because mm-hmm. they're going to be mean. That's fucking great. You
1: fucking bitch. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, I was like, eh, he's, yeah, let's not do that in the mall. <laughs> I don't know all the uh, the mall, the, security, the mall security here. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but, uh, he's like, God damn it. What you know. But, yeah, his, his name is Scott Thompson. That's his, oh, I that's know that. his real name. And uh, I uh, also, he lived in... Uh, winter park florida when i also lived down there uh, and uh, i was working at a coffee sh- i was working at barney's coffee and tea yeah uh, in orlando and uh, he walked in one day just walked i didn't you know we neither one of us knew the other lived there you know really yeah and uh so he walks in and i was like hey scotty and he's like i know you <laughs> and i was like yeah I, I, I used to open for you in mobile and i Fuck! In the middle, I was like, oh, "Okay, let's not." Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: that's a rare occurrence yes, to run into is. somebody. Yes, yes. Uh, it right. is. You know. Yeah. The sure. comedy world is very small.
1: It is, yeah. And uh, uh, I've been—I've been, yeah, been really—I—I uh, I, I really have gotten friendships out of comedy that I've really cherished. Melvin Jackson is, is one of those guys. Um, he was at the Mobile Comedy Lounge when I first walked in there, and um, and Killer Bees, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and now you know now well we both know his son yeah true uh, yeah Truett Beasley, um, and uh, which is fine because I I knew Truett when he was like when he could just barely see over this counter, <laughs> and uh, and now he's doing now he's doing whatever it is that he calls up. and uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that I'm not saying because, but he's not a traditional, like, stand up there and tell no. a joke, mm-hmm. uh, with a with a a setup and a premise and a punchline, kind of. He he is uh, kind of on um, that that plane of performance art kind of thing.
0: I would say yeah. somewhere uh, between mm-hmm. Eddie Izzard mm-hmm. and Jim Carrey.
1: Yeah. hmm A lot of yeah. satire
0: and uh-huh. a lot of physical comedy. Yeah with mm-hmm. some punchlines
1: yeah yeah
0: and uh oh, but performance art that's that's how i i think of it too that's yeah. that's what i i call it, is performance yeah. art because it's it is it's so much more than just getting up there and telling jokes and it is the funniest thing to watch him do it yeah so, yeah he is yeah, yeah anyway sorry i'm still yeah, no, i'm watching yeah, no. it in yeah, my yeah right mind. i know yeah <laughs> I can't and, look away. Uh, mm-hmm. Not even in my mind, Truitt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mission accomplished, man. Mm-hmm. I hope to captivate an audience that well.
1: I'm. Uh, I'm also I, mean, I'm, I. I'm a big fan of hers, but you know, I, I, there. You know, the reason is it. Well, for one thing, she's very funny, but for another thing, I've known her for like a decade. Is is Lindsay Vereen. hmm Um, and uh, um. I don't want to say that I'm the reason she's in comedy, but, <laughs> but I will. Because, uh, you know... <laughs> cause, uh, you know uh,
0: Lindsay, if you're watching, chime mm-hmm. in. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: the, uh, but um, she was always funny in, in a conversational way. Uh-huh. But, but if you're a comedian, you, you pick up on these on that... Personality that um, because uh, she was funny without necessarily always meaning to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She would just come in and she would be pissed off about something and she would tell you like some confrontation she had at Walmart or work or something like that. And she is actually not uh, like in a funny mood telling you this. But what she's saying and the way she's saying it, uh, she is naturally, like, twisting it to be, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can't help but laugh, you know, at what she's doing. And I was like, you know, you should be a comedian. And I said, you I know people have funny friends. People will have funny friends and they'll say, oh, you're funny. You should be a comedian.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, um, and they shouldn't be. But... <laughs> But I said, but I know what I'm talking about because I've done it, and I'm saying you could do it. Yeah. Because I knew Lindsay was a writer. You know, she she wrote poetry. She wrote, you know, just she she wrote like a journal, like you know things. She was a writer, mm-hmm. and so um, she wrote her feelings. And it's like you can do that, you know, because you have to be you have to be a writer to be a comedian. Yeah. You, nobody just gets up and makes this shit up off the top of her head. right? You know, <laughs> Nobody. It mm-hmm. may look like it, and you may think they do. You may think Robin Williams just used to get up and just it was all a free, free flow of ideas from the moment. he It's not. It's not. <laughs> not even close. He had a plan every night <laughs> of yeah. what he was going to talk about. He might divert. He might digress. But... There's there is a structure there, yeah, yeah, and so you said you have to, and uh, and so um, you know, so she she did, and and you know, I was I, I was amazed. I'm still amazed. I think she's she's just you know one of the funniest people I know, and yeah, uh, hope um, you know, and uh, I I know she can you know we, we always joke about yeah you're you're a uh, you're the netflix special is going to be called with an e you know, because uh no 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 it's it's with an a it's with an a she she is a uh, she is adamant about that l a n d s a y a y fuckers you know and uh <laughs> and, but i've always said she's the little sister i never wanted and uh, <laughs> But she's uh um but yeah, I, I think she has I think she can do that. I think she could be like a uh, uh like Eliza yeah. Schlesinger. Yeah, uh, I Zora. think
0: so too. She's awesome. Yeah. If for anybody mm-hmm. listening, uh if you are not familiar with Lindsay or haven't seen her stand up, she was on Truth, Love and Peace. I can't remember mm-hmm. the episode number, but mm-hmm. uh but she's there. And uh, she is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was a good time sitting down with her. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, go check out uh, Lindsay's episode. I'll, uh, I'll tag it. In the I like the name of your
1: podcast, by the way. I'm a, Thanks. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old hippie at heart. Truth, Love, and Peace? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a, uh, I'm an old hippie. Uh, I was a hippie when hippies were actually hippies uh, in, <laughs> in high school. I, was, yeah. I graduated in 77. I'll be 60 years old in December. Congratulations um, on yeah, that. No, thanks. Yeah, We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, because uh, I don't, it just, it's just so weird to think. I was like, uh, I have to keep reminding myself every day I'm not 30. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, especially when I'm talking to a 20-something-year-old woman. <laughs> I mean, I have to continuously, you are not 30 anymore, you know. <laughs> Don't, don't, uh, you know, (laughs) don't hit on her. Uh, (laughs) It's, uh, I, uh, they have to be at least older than my daughter. That's my, that's my rule. Why that, why that, why Mm -hmm. that rule? Because that, because it's fucking creepy. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. I held it together as long as I could before I laughed, but I had (laughs) to ask. uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, Cause it's like, fucking creepy. yeah, yes. I mean, she's 30, she's 32. And so I figure, you know, um, uh, yeah, it, at least, at mm-hmm. least the very most older than my daughter, you know? I mean, just, mm. and, uh, now if they hit on me, all bets are off. I mean, that's, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's them. Game on. They, they're, that's on them, Game you know, <laughs> right. you brought this but, on uh, yourself. Yeah. But, uh, but generally speaking, I'm, you know, <laughs> Um, and I, I, I'm, I got, I, I'm uh, dated the, um, uh, I dated, I, I'm dating, not dated, I'm, I'm dating a woman in her, uh, who's 50 now. She's actually she's 51 now. And uh, I was congratulating myself uh, in front of uh, uh, Alfred and the governor uh, for for it being like the the most mature woman I've dated ever. You know.
0: Um, that's still younger and, than you.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> uh, and they said, uh, well, and then, then at the time she was, she was, you know, 50, and they said, you do realize you're still old, almost a decade older than she is. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, the governor says, yes, uh, you're still rubbing the cradle. that's just now it's an antique cradle. <laughs> And uh God damn. <laughs> he never misses a beat yeah, no. <laughs> he never misses a beat
0: but but with that comes comes a lot of love because yeah, that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah there is uh there is a certain amount of you being the rock star comedian mm-hmm. of the group oh <laughs> that uh that, that you get women no. <laughs> you you know that's it's not in anybody else's wheelhouse yeah, no. <laughs> to to have women a decade younger yeah. than them oh, knocking right. on their doors.
1: Yeah. So. I wouldn't say she's knocking on my door. I you know, I, you know, I had to go. I had to go to her place, but you know." Well, <laughs> but you know, I had to go to her. But you know, that's right. Uh, that Answering person. the door yes. either, either way. Right. Yeah. That's
0: right. Either way, there's <laughs> voluntary involvement. In <laughs> yeah.
1: Whoever yes. knocked. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you always want that in a in a relationship is volu- consent. Volu- yeah. yeah, consent. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's you, really good. You want voluntary involvement. It's uh, uh, unless it's, you're in prison. Yes. Yeah. And then
0: you know you make do. Right.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you want it to be right somebody should have you know. <laughs> Uh, told that to Louis C.K., but you know they didn't. And uh, <laughs> I, I think he actually got consent yeah. in some of the weirder yeah, circumstances, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. way
0: more disturbing. Yeah, yeah. That um, <laughs> it's it's still abusive mm-hmm. to you know to do that, but still, it is. Uh, and,
1: and especially if you're in a real, in a situation where like I can I can help your career, right? If you right. Uh, it's obviously um, an abusive power if you watch me masturbate which is the dumbest thing i think a, a guy can ever say to a woman yeah. i don't know what that's about. i mean i that's that's the stuff that's what you do when you don't have a woman why do you why are you wanting women to watch you do that that's <laughs> that's uh yeah you know, it's like going to a casino and going watch me play solitaire well that's a i f- mean <laughs> yeah you know i mean why would you <laughs> it's definitely
0: a form of uh I think masochism.
1: I guess, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, it's but well, so is yeah. comedy. <laughs>
0: right, right. There's a lot of self-flagellation I mean, that goes right. on in, yes. in both of those. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's maybe that's what it is. There's obviously a lot of fucked-upness involved in in all of that. Mental health is a problem, but our culture is just so vile in so yes. many ways. Uh huh. That um, I think that's one of the things we're recovering from right now.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, the things like Louis C.K. have mm-hmm. have shown a light into what have been intentionally dark corners for for too long, and yeah. and, and that's starting to change.
1: Yeah, and that's good. i you know. It's just, you know, um, uh, I I I'm hoping for you know there there to be you know some. You, know, you have to have you have to have some evidence of things sometimes <clears throat> because you know I think uh, just being able to say you know that person did this and not have anything to back that up with yeah you know is is kind of a dangerous precedent to set mm-hmm. you know um, we we have to Well, you
0: know, I think everybody lost mm-hmm. faith in social media when it mm-hmm. got a president elected yeah and and yes. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the most current one mm-hmm. you know even even previously, Mm -hmm. the amount of influence that social media has had Mm -hmm. in the least regulated, least checked ways Mm -hmm. has been alarming uh, for a lot of people. And and here we are in the midst of, there's no control over just horrifically damaging social mobs, like social media justice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... I think we've swung really far in that direction, and people are starting to have this conversation where it's, we got to do something about this. Like, yeah. it can't be too ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I'm, a, <clears throat> I'm a big, I, I love Facebook. I love mm-hmm. uh, Facebook and Reddit, and, you know, um, I've just started getting into Reddit, actually. My son was like, why aren't you on Reddit? And I was like, because I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then <okay. laughs> he showed me. And uh, so, you know, I, but yeah, I mean, I it's uh, um, Facebook especially because I have the band, uh, the comedy, and uh, you want to promote that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, But then it becomes like your own little, like, for me, it's like my own little outlet. It's my own little version of the Daily Show, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. where I can just talk about things. And, and uh, you can test out, you know, you can also test out a, some material. You know, you, mm-hmm. you write something, and you know, if you've got enough likes, it's like, mm, maybe, yeah, maybe that is funny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I, I do a lot of, I am very political on Facebook, <clears throat> and I try to, sometimes it's hard given the climate that we're in now, but I do try to find some kind of humor in it. Mm-hmm. If, if I can, <laughs> you know? Sometimes you can't, mm-hmm. but, uh, but most of the time I, I try to find uh, some spin that, that can make it, at least, you know, you can laugh at what, how horrible something is sometimes.
0: Um, yeah, and that's what the greats mm-hmm. do so easily. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm still trying to, to yeah. learn how to do, too. It's what John
1: Oliver does, have you ever, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. John. He's John, John sure. Oliver can, it, you know, get can tell you about the most depressing or frightening yeah. thing on on last week tonight, and you'll be and still make it funny.
0: Now, is yeah. that a limitation to a character, or is it a tool that any comedian can develop?
1: That's a good question. Huh. Um, I, I think it's probably a limitation to a character because. I think everybody approaches comedy differently. Sure. For your own, through your own personality. Yeah, everybody's lens. So again, I don't. I don't think you can. I think you have a natural, like, you have a natural direction you will go into with comedy. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, some people uh, like um, uh, Louis Black are very uh, political, Mm -hmm. and some people are just never going to be. Because that's not them. To me, your character,
0: whatever, yeah, Yeah. just Um,
1: doesn't work. Doesn't fit. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I'm really not that political on stage because I've tried it, Mm. and and it doesn't elicit a lot of response. I don't know whether just people are tired of it. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) There's a touch of that. Or uh, and then sometimes I've done it not meant to be. But I just did. I just did a joke because I thought it was funny, and uh, and that's where that that's where it works. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not trying to be political. This is just funny.
0: Punchline before a point.
1: Yeah, so and point um, punch line. I was uh, and, and if something's going on in in the world, especially you know very recently, mm-hmm. um, this this. On everyone's mind, and and well, you can go up and not address it, but it's on everyone's mind. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I had to do a show in Pensacola one night, um, where um, the day after an abortion doctor had been murdered. Yeah, yeah, and um, I was I was talking to the other comedians uh, because I hadn't gone up yet, and I was like, you think? I mean... Too soon? Yeah, is it... I mean, because um, everybody... You know, everybody's thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I, I struggled with it for a minute. And then, you know, I decided, okay, well, they're either going to... They're either going to laugh or they're going to hate me <laughs> for the rest of my set. You know?
0: <laughs> and uh, These are the choices yeah, right, we make. <laughs> right. And
1: uh, so I went up and I was like, uh, hi, uh, I'm Ben. I, I said, I, I'm a little... I was a little late getting here. Um, I ran into a problem. I locked my keys in my car, and after what I read in the news, uh, there's no place I'm going to go in this town and ask anybody for a wire coat hanger.
2: <laughs>
1: and it then they, laugh, then they laughed. And yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they needed they they, yeah, they were expecting somebody sure to say something
0: yeah 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 you know
1: and so that you know it was just like it was it was a little cathartic. Yeah. You know, and um, just need somebody yeah. to take that mm-hmm.
0: first step so they can mm-hmm. follow you.
1: Yeah. And uh, so that, you know, but I seldom do something exactly like that. Uh, the, the show I did with Bobcat Goldthwaite was October the 1st, 2002, which was, uh, was 2002. Was it 2002 or 2001 that was the. Uh, so it was 9 11, was one. Not, oh, yeah, okay. It was then. It was October first, two thousand one. I think it was one. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was only a month, or not even quite a month after nine eleven, and so we're like, "How are we gonna? What are we? How are we gonna approach this?" Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, and he said, "Well, you know, you can't. You can't do a joke about dead what people. Happened. Right. Yeah. Right. But you can joke about." uh, the people that did it, you know, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, uh, so, so that, you know, that's what I did. I can't remember all the bit because it was, it was just a short thing, but it was all about, you know, the, them trying to find Osama bin Laden and, you know, uh, the, uh, it was, it had just, they had just come out with the thing about the fact that he was on kidney dialysis. Oh yeah. And that he had, sent for a uh, a dialysis machine yeah to be delivered to his cave you know yeah and I'm like we can't find him <laughs> <laughs> but FedEx can <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know and I said maybe we should just mail him a bomb <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, like you know <laughs> But uh, and but, you know that wouldn't that might because maybe you know he's not going to be there and then the guy in the cave next door will sign for it and then you know the, you know he's gets it and exactly. then, yeah. yeah we got to know, you know somebody <laughs> <at> Web <MB laughs> right. that WebMD right look this up yeah right <laughs> no but uh,
0: who is he getting yeah. his his medical mm-hmm. supplies right. yes. through don't so, we own the, all those yeah. companies
1: <laughs> oh yeah Oops. but uh, but that that's was... a good one though <laughs> that's
0: a good right. one. Six-foot-tall mm-hmm. Middle Eastern guy on yeah, dialysis. Know, yeah. And
1: nobody
2: can find, the, I can find him. I'm
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: him. He's got better cell signal in a cave and, uh, and than then, that little bastard that quit Verizon.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Barack Obama and, and his administration was the one that finally got, you know, uh, Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, when, he, when he ran for his second term... Uh, which I can't remember who you ran against because I didn't vote for them. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Romney. That's what it was. Romney. I was like, you know, all you have to do, you know, is just go. I got Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let that be it. Don't don't debate. You go out on a debate. Every question is like, hey, I got Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> you know, and just you know, because I also said. That that should have been that what should have been um, Hillary Clinton's um, campaign slogan in her answer to every question mm-hmm. was I'm not Donald Trump. Yeah, that would have that should have been her her whole message. And yeah, especially since we all really wanted Bernie anyway. Right, you know, <laughs> you know, and we didn't off? get Bernie, so we got her. So that her. Her message, that, that thing that she should have just stuck right on was, I'm not him, you know? <laughs> you know? And she, she didn't stick to that point. And uh, that, you know. <laughs>
2: Which is yeah. uh, well, that unfortunate.
1: The, the answer to every question at a debate was, yeah, I'm not that guy. <laughs> Listen to what he says. Whatever he says, I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: The the upside is that mm-hmm. as far as the pendulum swings, mm-hmm. the uh, the equal and opposite, uh, in kind. So mm-hmm. it takes some breaking shit on one end for us to get all the way to, you know, Gene Roddenberry's egalitarian Star Trek world.
1: Yeah, I was. So. That's funny. As I mean, because I was talking to somebody about that not the other day it was because uh, uh, we were, I was talking about I'm I'm a Democrat. I, I identify, I guess. <laughs> you know, because, you know, people say, you know, it's like, okay, I'm a liberal. I guess I'm a liberal. Okay. Because mm-hmm. everybody keeps telling me I am, telling me I am, because, <laughs> uh, you know, if I have a solution to a problem, they're like, you know, well, why don't we do this? Well, you're just a fucking liberal. You it's just like, got,
0: you got to switch it up and go with independent. Yeah. And right. be like, mm-hmm. what's the what are yeah. we talking about and I'll give you my but, position it freaks people out yeah. and then they don't mm-hmm. get to pigeonhole you and yeah. it ruins their whole argument because yeah. all they have yeah. are your mama jokes mm-hmm. but they're a democrat jokes right yeah that's so how they, sad uh, they are now
1: so I, I guess you know what I really am is, what, is what when yeah a socialist democrat and uh, and um, so uh, my point was <laughs> sorry I derailed <laughs> that's alright that's alright
0: um, you adopted the label because mm-hmm. people kept yelling it at you.
1: Yes, um, but damn, I lost it. I lost it. I hate that. That's my uh, fault. That's, so well, that's age. We that's also t- age. Um, we were talking about we
0: all would have rather mm-hmm. had Bernie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and this uh,
0: the social democrat gets us to the newly elected oh, New York.
1: You were talking about Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek. Yes, as, as, that's the difference line. between the difference between. <clears throat> um, libertarianism and social democracy Mm -hmm. is, uh, social democracy eventually leads to Star Trek Mm -hmm. and libertarianism eventually leads to Mad Max, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Mm You know, I mean... It's it's the same reason
0: i Ayn Rand was fucking retarded because Mm -hmm. individualism doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. No human being exists in a vacuum. It requires a community. Mm -hmm. It requires another human being Mm -hmm. for you to learn to be human. And so to pretend like you can equivocate which one is better (laughs) is to pretend like there's some kind of objective truth mm-hmm. that everybody has access to which is total bullshit because mm-hmm. truth is the sum total of all perspective yes we struggle and we try and we want to get there but mm-hmm. any one person that that claims to have all those answers is fucking wrong mm-hmm. and yet yes. they keep trying to sell that mm-hmm. why do they keep trying to sell that it makes me angry i, this is where <laughs> I get in trouble i get angry
1: yes yes it's very and, uh, very unfortunate uh, our uh, you know, Eddie Azard is getting into politics. Oh, good to hear! Yes, a voice of reason. Yes, he's uh, he has uh, run for something in, in London not long ago. Good. I don't good. think he won, but I mean, I think he's he's he wants to kind of get into a a political area.
0: Well, technology yeah. has allowed celebrity. To wield a new version of power, mm-hmm. and that is uh, the fame. You know, mm-hmm. fame can be can be mobilized in a much more uh, efficient manner than mm-hmm. it used to be able to be.
1: and, yeah. uh, and I, I take uh, uh, I, I'm opposed to people that that are, that are like, why don't these celebrities just shut their mouths because they're celebrities. And they shouldn't have an opinion. And it's like, well, what, no, no, they're they're still citizens.
0: Yeah, those people just don't like you their know? opinion. Right. that's
1: all. And because they they never say that about the celebrities that are that right. that because they like their, their opinion, opinion. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but they do. They they're like, you know, uh, you know, they shouldn't give an opinion. And I was like, well, no. If I had that platform, I would most certainly use it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know to, you know to hopefully create a positive message, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, and why wouldn't he? I mean, like I said, they're citizens like we are if if they, you know. It's one of the things I love about mm -hmm. Jim Carrey, Mm -hmm. just to
0: plug that dude Mm -hmm. at the moment, because Mm -hmm. he has reached that level where it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what people say or do. Like, Mm -hmm. he's his own little little independent country, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people that reach that level of financial freedom have uh, have a responsibility to mm-hmm. be that voice of dissension yeah. uh, because they lack recourse mm-hmm. uh, or they, they lack the typical forms of recourse yeah. that people who live paycheck to paycheck, they, who can't stand up for themselves, mm-hmm. um, they need. And so there's an obligation for people who have platforms to speak the truth. And we've gotten into this situation where, unfortunately, Ayn Rand and and that whole 1984 Orwellian concept of Mm -hmm. I'm in my house, just leave me the fuck alone. Mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. please, just don't harass me, has worked. It's Mm -hmm. worked very, very efficiently from the government standpoint. And now Mm -hmm. people are so terrified to speak out for for what's right and good. Mm -hmm. uh, We find ourselves on the precipice of what 40 years ago or what 60 years ago looked like a horrific revolution of social cleansing Mm -hmm. but the last time the last time authoritarian rhetoric sprang its head so viciously and so openly Mm -hmm. the results were far more catastrophic than they have been thus far Mm -hmm. and the only reason it hasn't been that way i think is because of social media and because of celebrities Mm-hmm. that are able to utilize that social media effectively. But yeah. that ties back into mm-hmm. comedy because I think one of the reasons <clears throat> that uh, it's, it's interesting that you can tie these big economic booms to mm-hmm. comedy and entertainment mm-hmm. yeah. in particular. But mm-hmm. like when all the comedy clubs went away, mm-hmm. burst of the tech bubble. Yes. And mm-hmm. so on and so forth throughout yeah. history. So it, it, it's interesting and it's always been interesting to me that music seems to be this steady thing in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when things get really, really ugly, everybody looks back to the comedians. Yeah. To do, like Dave Chappelle said, like mm-hmm. to uphold this, this uh, um, tradition, responsibility, obligation mm-hmm. to speak truth to authority.
1: Yeah, that's where where the court jesters. I mean, that's yeah Uh,
0: there's a ton of stuff in there if there's Uh anything you want to add to that go right right. ahead
1: there is I mean it it goes back to to being the court jester and being able to you know uh, say things um, in a way that isn't necessarily threatening you know Mm -hmm. but is still you know the, the truth it's the reason why the king would let the court jester say shit that he wouldn't let anybody else say yeah because the, he's just being funny, right? Yeah, but he's also saying, you know, that the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, it's it's what, and now, yeah, and and that's happened that that you know John Stewart and you know Trevor Noah and uh, uh, John Oliver and you know some other people to a lesser SNL, extent, yeah, have have now personal. become. Uh, a a, a new source for people. Yeah. 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 Um, Infotainment
0: became news information <laughs> somewhere, somewhere along the line.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And
0: uh, when when everything else <laughs> lost its credibility mm-hmm. is when that that credibility was shifted. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. to to the comedians and maybe that's the thing that we can track is that throughout history there is there are these times when the institutions just are so untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. that people look to celebrities and comedians to, to make that.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, make it go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At, make, go talk some it. sense yeah. in these knuckleheads yeah, right here yeah. <laughs> that
0: can't take a goddamn joke. All right. right. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the, uh, how are we doing on time? What are we doing here? Um,
0: we are, we're doing great on time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um it's a recurring thing i have to press that button every once in a while mm-hmm. it happens it's because okay. of the kind of camera we use i see um but we're fine on time okay, we've we've been at this for about an hour and a half okay. which is wonderful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh i don't normally have a time limit but mm-hmm. i do i do have to make it over to the tinderbox open yes. mic tonight yes. since it's mm-hmm. tuesday yeah mm-hmm. uh, so since we got Tinderbox plugged already, mm-hmm. who else do we need to plug before we get out? Oh, well, before right, we get right, to the yeah. plugs. Yes. Is there anything <laughs> that you enjoy pondering or thinking about that's part of your philosophy that you don't always get to talk about, but you find recurring a lot that we haven't talked hmm. about yet? Like, is there anything you would want to add? To this conversation that I didn't think to bring up. Hmm. No, I'm pretty shallow. I'm just good. <laughs> no, good to no. know. Good to know. Uh, to the yeah, plugs. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No. It's uh, you know I've uh, I, I can't think of anything offhand. I think we you know we, we you know touched on. Uh, I tried to tee up room. all your hot mm-hmm. topics for yes, you. Yes. Yes. Uh, comedy, music, politics. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, again, I, you know, we should, I guess we should plug the blind mule because uh, you know, it's, yeah uh, I, uh, you know, comedy venues and mobile are hard to come by, because mm-hmm. I mean, um, I went really for, for years in between, um, you know, before I started doing stand-up again at the Blind mule. Mm-hmm. um because there just wasn't a place around here yeah you know and um it's it's really important people i i don't know why but mobile in particular and and i love mobile <laughs> i mean i i was born here i've i've lived here the vast majority of my life i've lived other places i've wound up back here through no fault of my own and <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but uh i uh uh, but they, they don't uh, they don't support uh, a lot of entertainment, a lot of live entertainment in, in mobile yeah. um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, and comedy is one of those things that is, you know, it, like you can say, well, let's go watch a band, or let's go, you know, and and you have plenty of places to choose from to go watch a band. You know, but a comedy club is specific. You know, and so you know uh, if you don't support it, it it'll go away. Because yeah. you know, this it's not like music that can go to all these different venues and and everything, and, and it works. Right. You know. Right. Um, the uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the things I like the way that the meal is set up because it's set up like a comedy club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, been, I've done comedy in some very crappy places for comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where uh, I, I can't remember where this was, but but one place that I was doing comedy, there was a, um, a support beam in front of the stage. And so you were kind of like going from one side to the other of the support beam, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then I've I've done comedy in places where the bar was in the same room as yep. the as the uh, stage, yeah. And so you had people getting up and talking at the bar and getting drinks and walking back to the tables and. Getting you know, and then you're just like you know, uh, you know, th- and there's all this clatter going on while you're trying to work, which isn't very conducive to yeah, um, yeah.
0: all kinds of hurdles. Mm-hmm.
1: I've, uh, uh, so, because <clears throat> there was this one uh, comedy circuit that I was on uh, called uh, the Comedy Zone.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, for that name.
1: And they had <clears throat> they had the comedy clubs that they sent you to. They were real comedy clubs and then they had one-nighters in a bar somewhere <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was not used to doing comedy it mm. was not set up for comedy
0: yeah, yeah. and then you got to educate people and yeah, yeah
1: and uh and you would you go in i went in one time and i was like um um yeah i'm i'm, uh, I'm one of the comedians where's uh you have a where's your uh mc but we don't have an MC. you just get up there and start talking oh god <laughs> <You know. coughs> and uh Jeez. sometimes that works that's fine you know <coughs> it's nice to have somebody who knows what they're doing bring you up maybe do like five minutes ahead of you yeah yeah you know, warm up the crowd and, and then bring you up uh i have had some mcs where i thought i wish i should have just done this myself <laughs> You know, (laughs) uh, because, you know, uh, I had one guy, because the the crowd was a little rowdy that night. Uh, This was uh, uh, somewhere in Florida. This was over 20 years ago, so I'm I'm not sure exactly where I was. But um, the crowd was, you know, they were a little chatty. They were a little, you know, I mean, I'm sure that once this guy had gotten up and said, hi, welcome to, uh, he would have gotten their attention. But instead of saying, hi, welcome to a blah, blah, he said, shut up, fuckers!
0: <laughs> and uh, So immediately...
1: Yeah, <clears throat> uh, and now immediately everybody's like, what the hell? You know, we can you be know. louder than you. And <laughs> yes, get into that yes, whole thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and uh, then um, th- there was a, a show um, at the Mobile Comedy Lounge where the the guy that was uh, bringing us up, that was the MC that night, was a local radio personality, and uh, he was like, "Well, I'm not really a comedian, and I don't tell jokes." And I'm thinking, "Well, that should be where you stop now." You know, <laughs> you know? right? That's a good point to we make. They don't need and, any yeah, more of your help. Right, right. <laughs> and but he was like, "But I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you a joke real quick before I bring up your first act," and I said. Uh, How do you stop a dog from humping your leg? You pick him up and suck his dick. And now here's Ben Fry.
0: (laughs) Holy shit. That's brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. And that was Ben Fry, everybody. Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) And uh, so, you know, I, I go up and I'm like, well, it's great to be back here. And following somebody giving a blowjob to a dog. That's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> how do you get that out of your mind? Oh, my
0: gracious. And uh, uh, I am fortunate to, uh, to get to host the the open mic at the Blind Mule now. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a, a steep learning curve. It's been a steep learning curve, mm-hmm. which is great. I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I MC love scene
1: is a different. It's a different mm-hmm. art sort. There's an art to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, when, and you do a very good job at it, by the way. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, because you do play host. You do it. Um, when uh, when Lindsay was gonna do it, uh, the first time she was like, I don't know, if, I don't know. I mean, I'm, i I said, pretend it's your show. You know, pretend that, you know, you're, you know, you're on. You know, all of us as kids. Especially if we wanted to do this as adults, all of us thought about being Johnny Carson or being, you know, yeah. that guy. You know, and so just, you know, I said, just go back to when you you played with your dolls out in front of you, you know, yeah. hosting your pretend show. He said, just not pretend anymore. Just host, you know, just host mm-hmm. it like you're like you're on TV. Like you're have guests and you're bringing them up. You know? yeah. So that, that's all you do, and uh, but yeah, and and so it's it's fun like that because it, it's everyone who's the MC uh, of the show is kind of like their show. Yeah, you, that's, the audience looks at you like this is the guy that's doing this, even if you're not. Yeah. Those, yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah, Well, it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah, like
0: being mm-hmm. the the ringmaster at, yeah. at the circus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the. Mm-hmm. The, the voice of God every once in a while yeah. however you want to put it the mm-hmm. the regular part yeah it's, it's fun though I uh, I enjoy it and, and yeah. I learn something new every every week mm-hmm. I've been a public speaker for a long time and yeah. I've studied communications and mm-hmm. so I that's not the hard part for me mm-hmm. uh, the harder part for me has been learning to be funny mm-hmm. and now as a host the hardest part is learning to be funny turning that off being a host Mm -hmm. turning that off being funny going and making that transition back and forth that's something that i focus a lot on working on because that seems to be the the biggest skill that that i can pick up like i've got some jokes that i can pepper in and be funny Mm -hmm. being a good host all the time and so trying to to be more seamless in all of that yeah just the repetition of it right but but i love sitting down and seeing marketed improvement and getting to pick everybody's brains and be around so many funny people like mm-hmm. you and Lindsay mm-hmm. and Zeke and Carson.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've gotten to progress faster than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun to sit back and go,
1: I can do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got a life. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, It's great. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's nothing better, man. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy I got into it because it's,
1: yeah.
0: it's infectious.
1: Well, you have a it's uniqueness infectious. about you because of the kilts and the the and you know your stage presence is good because you know like, well you said yeah. you, know, you you have a lot of public speaking uh, and <clears throat> I'll say this because you know I've I've had people that I've, I've known people that are like oh yeah I took public speaking yeah but that doesn't <laughs> mean you can be a comedian no yeah <laughs> that's a different, <laughs> thing. That's a different you know, thing yeah because. Uh, because those, those rules don't always apply no, as, no. as a comedian. No, yeah. I understand yeah. delivery
0: yeah. and, and right. rhetoric and persuasion. Uh-huh. And that's easy for me. To, mm-hmm. It's easy for me to get up and be a host. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not a problem. Yeah. Learning to write jokes mm-hmm. and deliver them yeah. and get people to laugh on demand. Mm-hmm which is what being a comedian is, walking yes. into a room in front of a bunch of strangers and making them laugh
1: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: is still fucking impossible. It doesn't yeah. matter how good I am at standing on stage and being comfortable up there. Mm-hmm. That is not <laughs> the other piece. And so this is what I'm working on learning is how to yeah. do all that other stuff. Yeah, and it's fun, yeah. uh-huh. but I understand that. And so right. I can approach it as, okay, this is a game. Like, let's figure out this piece and this piece and how do I make mm-hmm. it better? Right, yeah. As opposed uh, to beating myself uh, mm-hmm. up about it. Like, is
1: <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know, it, it comes natural to a point, but you have to hone it. And, yeah, yeah. and you know, and it's it's uh, it's a craft. I mean, you mm-hmm. know that. And and like I said, I, I think you're fine with that because you know you yeah. you have you have not had that. You know, you don't you don't seem like you took public speaking. Good. You know, what <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. The people that are too yeah. stiff, to you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Well, so here's a thought. Mm A
0: little insight inside my head. Mm -hmm. Uh, I came into comedy well after I knew what my voice was, Mm -hmm. and I used that. I used know my voice as the analogy to, to or as people say, you know, when I really, as a comedian, when I really found my voice and was being you know just being genuine and being honest and it came easy and you get into yeah. that state right I had a fully developed like the kilts and all the, mm-hmm. the stories behind who mm-hmm. I am yeah I had a fully developed identity yeah to bring to the stage and so that's an that's advantage yeah, yeah that's an advantage yeah. that I had mm-hmm. in that just knowing myself and that's mm-hmm. kind of how that's that comes out of the truth love and peace thing because mm-hmm. I sat down and I took that inventory a yeah. long time ago yeah and so I've got that I'm kind of in my belt and that, that for me that's a little lucky but that means that I've got so much extra work I find myself working really diligently at, at writing stuff down now yeah. you know I, the best piece yeah. of advice I've gotten in the last couple of weeks is Word. write everything yes. down yes. verbatim yes. Uh-huh. And, and start practicing your verbatim you know uh, getting that out there like right. I've been a little too loose with my stuff and, and so Tony Burkett is fucking like all, awesome like crazy I always yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> I always write a joke too long
0: yeah me too always Oh
1: yeah. And then, then I go back I have to go back and go, Okay, well, I don't need this part this about whole my page. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right, know, yeah. I don't need this. And and you because know, you know, that old saying brevity is the soul of wit, you have to get it to where it's it's, you know, boom boom boom, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh and the
0: same boom, 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 over mm-hmm. and over. Like, yeah. that's the part that I've been neglecting mm-hmm. a little too yeah. much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that lack of precision. Do,
1: I've seen people divert from that at different times that have it worked for them, um, but it's seldom. Yeah. Uh, this guy that I knew back in the day, his name was uh, Ron Schock. Um, he was a storyteller. And so his his stuff was not always... You know, premise, setup, punchline, boom, go on to the next thing, boom, go on to the next thing. It was, you know, it, some of it was a long, drawn-out story that had a payoff. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and different little things along the way that would make you laugh in between. You know. Yeah. That and you know, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, and he was. He had a drawl. He had a Texas drawl, and uh, he was part of the Texas Comic Outlaws with Bill Hicks and uh, um, uh, Sam Kennison back back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, Notorious uh, company. Yes, they. Uh, but he uh, he had te- he had Texas drawl like this. That was he made him sound like Jimmy Stewart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he did this whole joke about not joke. He had he had a story about when he was a kid. Uh his grandmother had a Pekingese that um, uh would hump this pillow all the time and uh they found out that uh, that a dog he as as a as a like a young kid he found out that a dog can't uh ejaculate uh unless he's with another dog you know unless it's you know mm-hmm. and he said so. I was just appalled, as, a, as somebody who was in puberty, to think that this dog has been his whole life, not ever achieving, just getting to that point but not getting beyond it. You know, he said I felt so sorry for this dog, and I told my friends about you know, you know how you know, Fluffy didn't you know, couldn't you know, finish you know, and uh, and he's like uh, so one day my friends and I we got this dog. And we turned him over on his back, and we got that pillow, and we just started rubbing it on him. <laughs> and 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 he said, and his yeah, you know, he said uh, my my friends like, come on, Fluffy, come on, get you know, go, go, Fluffy, go. And and he said, and it was his dog was like, also was like twelve years old, you know, because you know that that was another thing. He's like, in dog years, you know, this dog is how long has he lived without having an orgasm? and uh and he's like and yeah we're, we're rubbing the pillow on him we're going go fluffy go and he's and you got the pekinese and he's got that smush face so he's kind of just going <coughs> yeah you know? and and, and then go fluffy go and go fluffy go <coughs> and, he said, and and finally for the first time in this dog's life he came and then he takes a sip of water and he goes and then he died. <laughs> and the whole... I mean, it was like... It's like you chucked... It was like you <clears throat> threw a grenade into the middle of the audience. Yeah. It was just... You saw the shockwave of, of... You know? Of, <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> that's just genius delivery. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh.
1: It's, yeah. it's the time. It was, he had yeah. great timing. He had great well, timing. And
0: mm. just all the components mm-hmm. of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Building tension. Building mm-hmm. yeah. rapport. I love... I love being able to see something like that or hear that story and mm-hmm. just know all of the things that make it great that he never thought about. He yeah. was just a mm-hmm. storyteller yeah, yeah. that had the timing mm-hmm. and knew where to put
1: it. His, uh, he didn't become a comedian until he was 40 years old. So, And, and the reason he did, the reason he, he, he went into comedy, he told us on stage... Uh, was because he read a newspaper article, mm-hmm. and the newspaper article was how um, the uh, the Texas um, uh, evangelical um, minister um, Joel Osteen. Nope, Billy uh, Graham. Older than him. Uh, no, sometimes somewhere between them. that. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, ah, darn. Um, I, that's gonna bug me. But, but anyway. Um, Oh, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts.
0: Oh, okay. Well, one of the lesser-known evangelicals. Yes. Oral Roberts. Forgettable.
1: Uh, claimed that he, on on a on a drive, uh, across Texas, on a lonely road, saw a five hundred foot tall vision of Jesus, in the desert. Yeah. Um. And uh, so uh, you know. When He he said, when I saw that, I put it down, and I folded the paper, and I told my wife, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to be a comedian, you know, and because he said, you know, uh, and and he, uh, and one of his one-man shows was called Ron Shock's 500-foot-tall Jesus and Other Tall Tales. And that was this and, uh, and he said uh, the the whole thing was how uh, he when he read the story you know, that Oral Roberts was talking about that he had a five hundred you know, he saw this five hundred foot tall vision of Jesus in the desert um, he said uh, he said at one point in the article he said, "There I was face to face with the Lord, and I thought, either oral is much taller than he looks like on television." Or it would necessitate Jesus being upside down. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's an, it's an upside down 500-foot vision of Jesus. <laughs> and the,
2: that's
0: great. Oh, man. I'm yeah. thinking of all the ways that I would have tried to learn that. Had to be, a, you know. The buddy Christ. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, this has mm-hmm. been a real treat. Yes,
1: yes. Thanks for having me. It was Hell this, yeah, uh, man. I, I, this is this was fun. I enjoyed it. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. I, I well, thank you, you very get much. To, uh, the tinderbox and yeah. yeah. Well, that's well, another the thing. Plugs, the Tinder Yes, in. the Tinder box. Every uh, every Tuesday at. Mm-hmm. S- at eight. At seven
0: o'clock. At seven
1: o'clock. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sign up
0: start at seven. Yes. We usually start a little later than that, mm-hmm. and then the blind mule. On Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Around
1: 8, I think, also. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And Um, what is the mm -hmm. information uh, for the band?
1: uh, Yes. uh, Still Standing, a tribute to Elton John. Uh, We're on Facebook. Um, We're going to be, um, uh, well, a small version of my band that I take uh, uh, around occasionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just me and my bass player and my uh, uh, percussionist. Uh, We'll be at... um, uh, uh, Friday night at 6, we'll be at uh, La Cucina's, uh in Fairhope. Uh, Fuck yeah, man. Doing a little, you know, intimate, you know, kind of quiet thing. And, um, and then uh, the next night, we'll be in Long Beach, Mississippi at a place called Papa Darwell's, which is a great venue for music. Um, yeah. He, um, he has a, he has a, a restaurant... There, that's been on um, the the cooking channel several times. Oh, wow! Uh, uh, Guy Fieri's been there. Uh, oh man! Anthony Bourdain. Oh wow! Won't be there anymore, but he he was there once, and uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, and uh, uh, he's been there, and uh, he uh, um, Papa D, Papa Darwell, uh, he has a a, a huge. Uh, Back area behind that has a that has a stage, nice. And, um, and he hosts a lot of he hosts a lot of musical acts there, cool. and and he's just a character. He's he's great. He gave me a pair of glasses that he he said belonged to Elton John one time. The first time I played there, he came out with these things and he's like, yeah, Elton John gave me these a long time ago. And he said you you probably need them more than I do. And he <laughs> gave me, yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and is the
1: calendar on the Facebook page? It is, yes. And, uh, Good. Uh, September the 3rd, I want to say, we'll also be in Atlanta uh, doing, uh, doing the, with the whole band doing uh, the Grand Theater. Hot Atlanta? Uh, yeah, which is this, uh, a place, I think, similar to our Sanger Theater, sort of. Probably. Uh, sure. it's, I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen like, a picture of the outside of it and kinda of looks like that. So I assume that's what it's gonna be. Makes, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. That'll be great,
1: man. Fucking yeah. theater show. Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well so, thanks well, yes, again. again. Thanks for having me. Hell and yeah. uh we well, hope we can, can do this again me. sometime.
1: Yeah.
0: We yeah. definitely will. Yes, yes So for all y'all out there in internet lands, I'll <laughs> be the Zane. Bye-bye. And for those of you in podcast land. Until next time, truth, love, and peace.